Are you ready to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling author Steph Green, for the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast, where we're going to explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hello writers, it's Steph here. Welcome back to another episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. I cannot believe that it is literally like a week until Christmas and I have sort of not released any podcast episodes for a wee while. The truth is, is that Rage Against the Manuscript is basically a side project for me. It's something that I do because I find it really rewarding and a lot of fun to kind of put these sort of things out there and to help you guys to level up your writing careers. Like, that makes me so happy. But I don't want to be a person who makes their living um, or has to spend a lot of time kind of like always like constantly putting out new stuff for writers because what I really want to do is write books for my readers. So that's what I want to do first and then this is just this fun side thing that I do. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes things aren't going to be like perfectly to schedule and I, I had such grand plans to do like hundreds of podcast episodes and it just hasn't happened. So I hope you will forgive me um, and I also hope that you'll find the two podcast episodes that I'm going to put out this week um, really useful. So I'm going to do a little set of a duet, if you will, of podcast episodes. The one that I'm doing today is all about all the things that I've learned this year in 2002, uh, 2022, sorry, all of the takeaways that I have for the year. And then my next episode is going to be all about my plans for 2023. And so basically look at these as like a case study of an author and of you know, my particular trajectory and the things that I've learned. Some of them may be applicable, some of them may not be. Um, this is, I think, the value in coming up with your own strategy and your, your, kind of your own methods that work for you. But I hope you're going to find this useful and really interesting. So, 2022. For me, this has been an amazing year. It has been literally my best year income-wise, my best year, I think sort of career-wise, just like fun-wise, um, as an author since I started full-time five years ago. So I'm coming up to my fifth year full-time anniversary in February. So I've, I really feel like this is the best year that I've ever had. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, this year, in 2022, I released four books. I have actually only released three. The fourth one is releasing on the 24th of December, which is a terrible release date. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, so I've only released three books so far, but it's going to be four books by the end of the year. One of those books is um, in its book seven in the Nevermore Bookshop Mysteries series, which is a long-running series that I have. Um, it's relatively popular, but obviously book seven in a series is never going to be like super... It's going to be like super amazing. Um, and then the other three books were three books in a bully romance trilogy. And these books were significantly longer than the books I normally write. Um, but yes, there were. So I did only release three, bo uh, four books, sorry, uh, this year instead of my usual sort of six to eight books. So I have worked a lot less this year and I have made a lot more. 
Um, so some of the th other things that I invested in, as well as writing those these books, um, I've done uh, two audiobooks um, for a backlist duet that I released in 2021, um, and those have done fine, as all my audiobooks have done, just fine. <laughs> um, I've not had much luck with audio friends. Um, I have also invested a lot of time into TikTok this year. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, I've invested in some discrete covers or alternative um, special edition covers for a couple of series. Um, pretty much haven't really released a lot of these yet. One of them I've released them in the ebooks, but not in the paperbacks. And the other one I haven't done them in either yet. I'm sort of, I just needed some time and I haven't had the time yet. But we're going to talk about that as well. Um, I have also invested in German and I've just started on Italian translations. Now these have yet to publish so I have spent a lot of money on translations this year and I have thus far seen zero return so that's a little bit terrifying but we're going to be starting in January so I'm really hoping that this is going to, this is this may be the thing that pushes 2023 into the stratosphere for me. That'd be nice. Um, and I've also invested in a lot of swag and merch designs for the Kickstarter. So I went pretty crazy with paying artists and things like that this year. So um, the big sort of skills that I learned or things that I've looked at this year really is that the first one being that I released significantly less books. Um, and this was basically by accident. Um, you know, so sort of a couple of things. One the more the business grows the more there's this kind of back-end stuff that ha that has to happen and sort of the more of that there becomes so you end up with a bit less time for writing um is the first thing um the second thing is that i this year i did not like to say no to any like fun things that came along so i have had more downtime perhaps than i would usually do and i really like that and i don't want to change that so that's probably the second thing um and then the, the third thing is that they were longer books um so the books were meatier and chunkier and that was really cool that was actually really fun um and so this has been really this has been really interesting for me um this whole releasing less thing um i i've also focused on my backlist but that was this kind of inadvertent um it was basically because i started on tiktok um pretty much exactly this time last year so i've basically been on tiktok for a year um i've not had any videos that have gone like super viral i've had i think it's four videos now go over 100k um and two of those went to 200k um, and a few gone to a handful have gone to 50 and a handful have gone to 10 or 20 but it's not like um not like blowing it away but um what has worked is consistently doing stuff on tiktok and you know consistently doing a lot with my backlist um so that's been happening um and i've been working a lot on building fandom via kind of regular newsletters um out to my fans and with the kickstarter campaign this year it's kind of the big themes and the big things that i've worked on and, and worked on learning about so now let's get into the takeaways what are my biggest takeaways from 2022 um so the first one is simply the way i approached writing books so when i had the idea for my latest bully romance series um i decided that what i was going to do is i was going to be 
I was going to dig in really seriously to making this the most of the thing that it is that I can possibly make. And by that I mean, you know, when I'm reading other bully romance books and things, I kind of realise just, in a lot of ways, just how ridiculous they are. Like, they're completely bonkers. You've got these, like, kids in high school who are, like, running gangs and, like, oh, just all the stuff. It's just, they're, they're ridiculous, guys. And I'm like, okay, if these, if this is what readers want, if they want this ridiculous, crazy stuff, then I'm just, I'm going to give that to them. I am going to take these sort of key scenes that seem to happen in all these books and I'm going to make sure that they're in my book. Um, I'm going to just go wild with these characters and just the nonsense. It's going to be just, it's going to be bananas. Um, so I basically decided if, if the books are ridiculous that I'm going to be ridiculous too. Um, and it's going to be the most insane revenge plot, it's going to be the most insane redemption arc, just the most wild touch-her-and-die scenes, just more of everything that readers love. And this really worked. This has been the, this series of, of three books. The third book isn't even out yet. It is already my second most successful series of all time. So this really worked. Um, I think that what I've learned from this is that one of the issues with some of my earlier paranormal books is that often I do things which aren't quite paranormal enough, um, so they kind of sit in this weird space where there might be a little bit of a paranormal element but it's not the main kind of focus and I, 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 I think I, when, I, when I wrote those books I didn't really focus on how can I make these the most paranormal? How can I take the, the tropes that I know that readers love, those like key scenes, and like really like ham them up? Um, so that is what I'm going to do going forward. That is my big takeaway. That if I do a thing, it is going to be the most of that thing that you can possibly imagine. Takeaway two um, is that writing this very successful, very dark contemporary bully series and seeing it do really well made me realise, basically, that as much fun as I've had writing this series, this is not what I want to write anymore. So this is a pretty big deal for me. Um, obviously I really conceive of myself as a gothic romance author, and what that means to me is that things can go a, little, a bit paranormal, they can go contemporary, um, but as long as they have these sort of really key kind of gothic elements, that's where I'm, that's where I'm happiest. Um, and so I have basically been writing largely contemporary books for the last two years. Um, and I've ended up with, I've ended up with a lot of books that fit in this kind of bully romance subgenre. And I think really this was the first time that I really kind of, I think, nailed the tropes really well and nailed the, the kind of the tone of the book and everything. And sort of wisdom says that what I should now do is like a double down. Like if this series was successful, I could do, you know, there's a lot more I could expand in the world. I could do a lot more things. I could just keep going with these characters in this world. But writing these books has really made me realize that this is not my happy place. Um, I'm a little bit over writing like really toxic relationships and like real big, these, this particular type of power imbalance. Um, I'm just, you know, like I said, this is about my fifth series using this sort of similar formula and I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, friends. 
And so sometimes that's, the, you know, this is good to realize because when you do a thing and it does really well, you'll be like, you, you, you know, it gives you the ability to look at that thing really objectively and go, okay, well, this is what I want. Is this what I want to do? Is this not what I want to do? And I have been getting this really clear message from myself that no, this is not the direction I want to go in. I don't want to double down on this. I want to go, go back and reassess and so that's what I'm doing for 2023. Uh, so takeaway three is that TikTok has, basically TikTok's amazing. Um, so takeaway three is that TikTok has taught me that I can still make a ton of money from my backlist. Now, as much as I try to tell people not to look at their backlist this way, I do definitely fall into the trap of kind of looking at my backlist sometimes it's like this thing that sits there and it just earns as it earns but really the you know really I'm focusing on the, the the front list series whatever series I'm releasing at the moment and TikTok has shown me that most definitely that things that you did years and years ago can still do amazing um so I said Nevermore Bookshop Mysteries that started in early 2019 um, and now that series has actually made more this year than it has in all previous years that it was released combined. So it's actually made more money in one year than it has in like whatever, three years, whatever it is, before. Even now that it's not a new releasing series anymore, um, just from TikTok. And that is incredible. That is amazing. And it's it's just awesome because this is this is my favourite series that I've I have written and it's just amazing to see all these new readers discovering it and when they do discover it oh my god there's seven books out in it and it's just it's so cool it's so cool guys um so realizing that has kind of you know sort of made me think about kind of how I want to basically how I want to strategize about my backlist and that's all really exciting um so my next takeaway I've touched on this before is basically um, that I can release less and make more money. Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> so, as I said, I normally do six to eight books a year. Um, this year I did four books, um, and these books are a little bit longer, but overall my word count is down a little bit, down about 100,000 words. So I've read about 100,000 words less this year than I would normally would. And I am okay with that. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um, I am, yeah, I'm really happy. Um, this, this sort of releasing less and feeling less like I'm on this, like, hamster wheel, um, has given me a lot of time to do a lot of other cool things. Um, you know, for example, like the Kickstarter campaign, um, or being able to take time off during the week to go to my poll classes. Um, I've also co-written the co book this year, which is really exciting. That's going to be out next year. And, you know, I wrote half a thriller this year, which is also super exciting. Um, takeaway number five is that I put an entire series on pre-order at once. So this new Bully series that I had called Poison Ivy, I put book one, book two, and book three with kind of anticipated release dates all on pre-order at the same time. And I thought, well, this would be an interesting experiment because I'd really like to see if I have these books on pre-order, 
in time? Will people pre-order them in a big chunk? So is this a way for me to get significantly more pre-orders on book three? Because I have book three on pre-order right from book one. Friends, I will never do this again. Never, 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 never do this again. Oh my god. So basically, I thought that I had given myself plenty of time for these books. I think I'd given myself three months between each book. Then what happened was um, the uh, book one of the series ended up being significantly longer than a book I normally write. So it took me twice as long to write it. So I had to push book two back. So I think I had to push book one back, which means I had to push book two back. And now by this time, I've really pushed these books back. So I've already pushed book three back for one month. And as we know, Amazon sometimes gets a bit shooty about these kind of things. And I wanted to push book two back. So book, book, sorry, book three was going to release in November. And I pushed it back to December. And the, the date that, the, the latest possible date that I could get was December the 24th, which is at the day before Christmas, which is a terrible release day. It's not a release day you would pick if you could pick your release day. But I just chose, you know, I had to push the book back because there was no way it was going to get done in November. Um, and so I had to push it back to, to December, and that was just the latest date they had. And then what I wanted to do was to push it back again until January. And Amazon said no. They said I pushed too many books back that year, and they were not going to let me push any more books back anymore. Uh, so, <laughs> so I scrambled, uh, and I swore, uh, and uh, did, a, did a funny dance, and I got the book done. So the book is going to release on time. Uh, and this is actually wonderful because it means that I get to finish the year with this series finished and I get to start the new year fresh. Um, so that's really cool. But um, yeah, having all three books at the same time um, on pre-order at the same time has been really stressful. And it made me realise how much I love just being able to start a book and basically put it out when it's done. Um, and so I want to go back to that. Um, less stress is good, so we're going to do that, um, and less arguing with Amazon is good, so we're going to do that. Takeaway six, I think we're up to number six, um, which is basically that what I've discovered this year is that readers really want cool stuff, and I really like giving them cool stuff. So this is sort of really about the Kickstarter, which was a big experiment for me. And I had in my head, I, you know, I talked about this a lot on the Kickstarter um, episode of the podcast, but I had it in my head how much money this Kickstarter was going to earn. I was like, you know, that would be my dream if it would do 20 grand kind of thing. And then it blew that dream away. And it's honestly, it's continuing to blow that away because I'm continuing to get orders via the pre-order forms. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, and what this showed me um, is just how much readers love, they, they love these special editions, they love um, the, kind of the merch and the swag that kind of expands the world that they're excited about for books, they love that being expanded into this kind of different space. So, and I also discovered that as long as I have someone else to organise it for me, I love doing this, I love the process of finding you know, finding a designer and coming up with the ideas and putting it all together and seeing it look all pretty and I just, I love that. So I'm going to do more of that. Um, takeaway number seven is that writing my goals down every day has really helped me to stay focused. 
and this is something that has come up because I have this little group of authors, there's about eight of us, and we have this kind of, we should kind of call it like a mastermind group, and it has been amazing, and a lot of what we talk about is things like goal setting and manifestation and um, all these kind of sometimes kind of woo woo concepts. Um, and I am very, I'm not very woo, guys. <laughs> I'm not very woo. Um, I'm a bit skeptical about this kind of stuff like this. But my attitude is always that it doesn't matter to a certain extent as long as you're not hurting anyone, it doesn't matter how you arrive at a result, as long as the result is a result that you want. So when we talk about manifesting, um, you know, and, and the kind of magically stuff, you know, are you actually manifesting things because the universe is on your side and it wants you to succeed and stuff like that? Or are you manifesting things because you are writing your goals down daily and that helps keep them in the forefront of your mind and that gives you kind of more confidence to you know, are you basic is it basically an exercise in building your confidence up? Um it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is if it works for you. Um and so with that in mind, I have been I've been practicing some of these things and the main one that I've been doing is every morning I get up I have this little notebook that sits beside my desk and just in the morning I write a little note to myself with my kind of big goal in it and I try to keep the goal you know the goal is not the goal is something that I can imagine myself achieving so it's not I am going to make a million dollars today because I can't see that happening but it is, it may be something like, um, so I always write them in this formula. I say, I am so happy and I am so grateful that I have a blah, 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 blah. So I am so happy and I'm so grateful that I've had a 30k month this month. That's the kind of goal that I, I have. And I had been doing about six of them, but I try, and now I just sort of do one. Um, and it's kind of a business, it's a business thing, so it's a business goal, but you can do them for anything in your life. But anyway, so I would say that I say I'm so happy and grateful that I made a third, that I have a 30k book report month for you, I have a 30k month this month. And every morning I just write that out once. Um, and I try to think about it sometimes during the day as well. Um, and sometimes I might add some other other things to it um, and that's basically the gist of it and just having that every day having this this thought you know it, it just I don't know like I said it doesn't matter to me whether it's about putting the positive thought out into the universe or whether it's just about focusing your mind it does not matter one bit um, but I have found that this has worked for me so that is number seven uh, takeaway number eight is that I may be a largely KU author, but there are other ways to earn significant money um, that are not KU. Um, and again, this is really about the Kickstarter and about growing this side of the business. Um, but it's also about, um, it's also just sort of generally about kind of the way we talk about money as authors um you know often if you see in groups you see people posting their like their like numbers and their like book report details and stuff and book report doesn't tell the whole story you know it only tells one very specific piece of the story which is your amazon site it doesn't even show you your audiobooks um and 
I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I read a book this year um, called Get Rich Lucky Bitch, which many of you have probably heard of. Um, quite a good book. I quite, I quite liked it. And she talked a lot about um, writing down your daily income every day. And so I've been doing this. And I haven't been keeping up with it really as sort of diligently as I usually do keep up with things. But I have been doing this. And what it's shown me is that I bring in a lot of income from a lot of sources. And I have been only looking at book report as a kind of marker of my success. And that is not accurate. Um, you know, in a given day, I might have... Um, royalties come in from one of the other bookshops, I might have like the Kickstarter money or currently there's a pre-order going for the Kickstarter book so I might have that money coming in, I might have people buy courses or book mentoring, I might get paid for an article I've written, I might get um, audiobook royalties, um, I might get offers, um, so like advances from audiobook companies or th things like that, there's, there's just so many different ways. Um, I might get uh, money for um, a speaking engagement or something like that. There are just so many different ways that writers earn money. And when I look at how much I earned this year, it astounds me that only two-thirds of it have come from Amazon. Now, there's a significant two-thirds, but one-third of the quite significant amount I earned this year came from non-Amazon sources and it's pretty much exact. It's like nearly down to the dollar, exactly two-thirds and one-third. And so I gotta stop like pretending that that one-third doesn't exist. Um, so that's that's my takeaway number eight. Takeaway number nine um, is basically that I have discovered that, what a shocker, sometimes I'm awesome at stuff and there is some stuff that I am not awesome at and I'm at the stage in my business where I really need other people to do that stuff and this is a revelation and this has really come about because when I wanted to do the Kickstarter I knew, I just knew that the logistics of it were going to be really difficult for me. I knew that it would be, I would find it frustrating, I would I, I would be the one that would hold up the Kickstarter because I didn't want to make a spreadsheet or, um, you know, talk to the, the coaster printing company about the sizing of the thing. That is not my thing. Um, so I talked to my friend who loves this kind of stuff and said, hey, could I hire you to do it? And it cost me some money. And I do not like spending money, friends. <laughs> I do not like spending money that I don't have to. And it cost me some money to pay her to do it. And oh my god, it's amazing. Oh my god, it's amazing. I want to do more. I want to pay you more people to do more stuff for me. Um, and we are going to talk about that in the next podcast episode. Takeaway number 10. Uh, it's only two to go. Um... And they're short ones, I promise. So takeaway number 10 is basically that my life is awesome. Now, there have been some crappy things that have happened this year. But overall, as a whole, I am very happy with my life. Um, and basically, yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> my life is awesome. Um, I have said yes to a lot of really, really cool things this year. 
um, and I have designed my writing schedule very deliberately to allow me to, to say yes to things. I, you know, I can take a weekend off. Um, I actually do I actually take pretty much every single weekend off, except for the last weekend because I had to write, finish writing the sorting book. Um, so I pretty much take every single weekend off. Um, I work until 4pm every day and then I quit and I'm pretty religious about that. If something fun is happening, I will take a few days off, or a week off, or two weeks off, and I'll go do that thing. Um, I basically travelled at least once a month around New Zealand for fun things this year, and I loved it. Um, I sort of have to take a day off of work, roughly every one to two weeks, to go and do my pole classes. It's a, it's a long, boring story. Um, and I don't want to give that up. Um, so I'm going to keep doing that. Um, and that's takeaway number 10. It's basically that my life is awesome. And it has become clear to me just how important it is that I continue to keep my work-life balance and, and the way I've structured my life the same. Um, so this means I have to be really careful about if I'm going to do something extra, I have to take something away. Because otherwise, what's going to get taken away is my time for doing awesome. It's time for living my awesome life, and I don't want to do that. So that's takeaway number ten. And takeaway number eleven um, is that I have kind of come to realise that a thing that I do and have done a lot in the past is that I do spend a lot of time if I want to make a, a business decision is I spend a lot of time sort of seeking the opinions of people that I trust about the decision that I'm going to make. And this is good, like this is a good thing to do. Um, but I think that I personally have a tendency to try and outsource these business decisions because I have made, but basically it's a fear response for me. So I have made some missteps in my, in my business, in my career. Um, and... I think that, you know, if I take someone's advice and I do the thing, you know, I make the decision based on what they say, then if things go wrong, I can blame that advice if it doesn't work out. Not blame the person because that's mean, but blame their advice. And I think this is kind of like a fear mechanism for me um, in that I'm trying to save myself from my own kind of rough you know I definitely a thing that I can do is make myself feel really bad um if I make a mistake and kind of blame myself and you know me and make myself feel awful so if I take someone else's advice then I don't do that to myself I do it to you know to, to that advice that they gave me but I need to stop feeling like I need to trust myself more basically I need to stop feeling like I have to get someone else effectively get someone else's permission to make um, to make a decision um, when I when I'm feeling the urge to talk a decision to death with a hundred different people I'm trying really hard now to basically pull back and knuckle down and figure out why it is that I'm second or third guessing this decision that I've made and figure out how to trust myself a bit more. So this is the thing that I'm working on and we'll see how it goes. Those are my 2022 takeaways. Uh, there is 11 of them, sorry that there are so many. <laughs> I hope you found this really interesting and, and really useful. 
And you may find that there's, it would be a really useful kind of exercise for you to do to sort of sit down and think back over your writing and your publishing for 2022 and what takeaways that you have, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what you're going to carry through, what you're going to work on. Um, and, you know, use that as a jumping off point for 2023. Now, next podcast, we're going to be talking about my plans for 2023. Um, but while we're all thinking about looking back at the years gone by and, you know, thinking ahead to strategy for the next year, I want to tell you about a special that I'm running. So, as you may know, I talk about writing a lot. And I also mentor some, um, you know, a very, very small number of um, authors and self-publishers. Um, so mentoring can look like a lot of different things. To, you know, it's basically, it's led by you. Um, so what we do is we start with a two-hour strategy session where you and I talk about, you know, Kind of like what we've just talked about now. We, you know, we talk about what you've already done, what you've published, how you feel, you know, about where you are, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and then we comprise a plan for the next twelve months, and that takes pretty much two hours. And then, if you want to, after that, we can do kind of an hours mentoring every month, um, where you and I sit down. And we talk about what you're working on, we strategize for um, releases, for um, sales, for just, you know, just all the stuff that we have to do as authors. And, you know, it's, it, it can get so overwhelming and it's so nice sometimes to be able to sit down and kind of word vomit all the stuff you're thinking and just have someone say to you, you're on the right track or you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? Um, is this, is what you're thinking of doing actually bringing you closer to your goals? Um, so, and that's what I do. So, yeah. <laughs> so if that interests you, I am currently running a special. So I do not open mentoring to new students very often, or new mentees very often, because um, I, like I said, I want to, I don't want to fill my schedule up with mentoring. I want to actually write books. So I have currently two slots available for six-month or 12-month mentoring packages. I also have a, a handful, let's say a handful, a handful of slots available for two-hour strategy sessions. So this is basically where we do this two-hour strategy um, and we put together a strategy for you, um, but then that's it. You don't get any additional help after that. So I currently run a special. Um, and what this means is that if you do a, um, if you book a six-month mentoring slot with me, uh, you'll get one month for free. Um, so you'll get an additional month on the end of that. And if you book a 12-month slot, you're going to get two additional months for free. Um, and you can use the one-hour sort of monthly slots whenever you like. So you can skip a month if you don't need to talk that month, or if you've got something really pressing that you want to talk about, we can just pop on Zoom for an hour and we can use one of those slots for that. So pretty pretty casual and pretty happy to make it work for however you want it to work. So that is what's happening at the moment. So if you're interested in booking one of those slots, then you just go to, to the website manuscript. Click on the Work with Steph tab um, and you'll see author mentoring there and you can just sign up for a slot through there. 
like I said, there are only two, only two slots available, and they will go fast. Um, and I'm about to send this out to my newsletter and tell them all about it. So, if you want to get your hands on those slots, um, then I suggest that you jump on them. Uh, that is all. <laughs> I hope you found this really interesting and useful. And I will see you back here probably tomorrow, where I will do my run through of what's going to be happening in 2023 for me. Um, so, yeah, I hope that was awesome. Um, I hope you have a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holiday and you know, wherever you are and whatever you celebrate, I hope you're with family and friends and people that love you. That's all from me. Happy publishing. <laughs>